Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Brad Smith. Brad, you're the founder of Codeless. Codeless is on the web at getcodeless.com. We're going to be talking about SEO. We're going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about writing. And uh, I am grateful to have you on the show. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. So, Brad, have you always been uh, a writer? Have you done a lot of writing historically, which kind of led you to grow this company? And by the way, Codeless is doing very, very good business. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just first off, congratulations on your success on that. And uh, Thank you. very excited to learn some best practices and kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of learn about who you serve and, and the outcome that you help provide. And, and of course, any great advice for people that are kind of looking to up their game and writing and, and uh, especially writing for both humans and for Google. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I came at writing kind of backwards in a way. So I was always trying to use writing to promote our other services that we were doing at the time mm -hmm. uh, or promote myself. When I first became self-employed, I didn't have a network. I didn't have marquee clients. I didn't have, nobody knew who I was. Uh, and so I always used writing to kind of like amplify that and get the message out. Uh, fast forward a few years and then I started to kind of discover this, this growing space where uh, writers and writers about certain types of technical topics was, was really in demand. So that's kind of where Codeless started. Nice. And so uh, your background then, um, what types of, uh, you're co-founder of another company, um, you, you've done, I guess, uh, freelance of, uh, freelance writing is yourself, but what led to the creation of uh, Codeless back in 2014? Yeah, definitely. So I started out uh, working in marketing in-house at a few different places. So with mm -hmm. a software company, with a travel company, just kind of bouncing around. Started freelancing and doing stuff on my own outside of that. So that included some freelance writing, but mostly a lot of like SEO based stuff. So everything from technical SEO to link building. Um, Codeless started with kind of a different message in mind a few years ago. Uh, the, the initial idea was to provide more of like an integrated service. So we'll not just like redevelop and redesign your website, for example, but then we'll also be able to do all the other stuff like the, um, we'll be able to optimize it over time. So if it doesn't work, if a page doesn't work, if a landing page doesn't work based on the ad campaign you're running, uh, we'll just keep changing it, keep running tests. It's kind of like this evolving thing. Uh, that, that pitch works well for certain types of companies. Uh, it doesn't work well for others. We had a lot of issues at the time just figuring out how to actually grow it. Uh, and so it was about four or five years ago, we doubled down in this kind of content first direction because I was having a ton of success there. Um, and it's been, it's been, you know, great ever since. <laughs> um, when you say content first, explain a little bit more about what you mean by that. Yeah, definitely. So I looked, I looked at basically all the services we were providing and I thought, okay, what are we excelling in and what's, what area, what market is kind of growing? And mm -hmm. this kind of like really long form in-depth SEO based content was exploding at the time. It still is. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I kind of doubled down in terms of like what we were doing internally at the company because I was finding personally a lot of success where, with it where I was just maxed out on demand in terms of um, a lot of large sites trying to ask me to write for them and I just couldn't write for anyone any longer. So I tried to figure out, okay, how do we scale this now? How do we scale? How do we take subject matter experts and get them to produce content in a certain type of way for a certain type of company? 
uh, and, and pretty much go above and beyond what most other companies are providing in that sense. Okay, so uh, so get codeless. Are you producing content for your clients' website, or are you helping them produce content that can appear elsewhere? Both is the short answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> the lo- the long answer is uh, most of codeless's work is all for clients directly. So a lot of stuff goes on their own websites. Yeah. Um, we also do produce a lot of content that is going other places, whether that's like big media publications, ghostwriting, all that sort of thing. Okay. And so, so you kind of launch this idea and, and, and so did get codeless. So get codeless didn't start necessarily with only doing long form content and kind of this, you know, this hybrid of both, you know, um, you know, primarily, you know, content for the, um, client's website and for distribution. Um, but the, the uh, right. You, so it's kind yeah. of, it kind of evolved into the current model that you do now. Yeah, exactly. We were trying to do a lot more. We were trying to go a lot broad. A lot <laughs> Everybody broad. starts with more. I'm going to do yeah, a little exactly. bit of this, a little bit of that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you find out quickly that you can't become an expert at all those things yeah, and you can't really right. go that deep. And so I kind of got fed up into the point where I was like, okay, we're going to just scale back pretty much 90% of what we do, focus on one thing, but just try to do it better than everyone else. Mm. Um, so that's been kind of like the whole genesis for, for all this. Right. And so um, now, uh, I mean, guess in the early days, what were you doing to attract clients? Uh, everything. No. So I was uh, a lot of personal referrals. So people I knew, people I could get in front of. So especially with something public facing like content, I would try to do as much as possible to get my face and my stuff in front of the people who would eventually try to hire me. So that meant mm-hmm. at one time writing for pretty much every big marketing related sites on the internet. Um, I would also try to do things within that content. So I would write in a very specific stylized snarky way just to try to, the the idea was like, how could I get someone to read this and know that it's the same writer or the same person uh, across, even if it's across 10 10 different websites. So everything from the images that I would put on there, I would try to brand the images. Uh, As I mentioned, like the way I wrote, I tried to make everything very, very specific and stylized to me, hopefully, and make it really differentiated uh, from all the other types of stuff out there in that, in that space. How would you get that in front of your ideal clients? Is it pretty much hoping that they would discover you uh, SEO? Uh, part of it was that, yeah. So for any big topic, for example, like let's say uh, Google AdWords cost or some, just pick any big marketing topic. Right. I was trying to write on those. So if anyone was searching for them, and what I was doing was I was writing for those on much bigger websites. So Unbounce, ah. Moz, Ad Espresso, Wordstream. I was writing for those on huge websites where yeah. the odds of success were actually really high that they were going to see it. Right. Um, and then it, it generated a lot of inbound attention or referrals. So people would come see who was writing about these topics. Right. And then they would see all the other huge websites that I've written for. And that would pretty much like seal the deal if they were looking for anything remotely close to that. Yeah. So how were you able to write for Kissmetrics, Unbounce, Moz, et cetera? Uh, a lot of free pitching uh, initially. Yeah. So I would just I would just try to track down either editors. I would try to, a lot of uh, places, especially in the marketing space at the time, had just kind of like open uh, calls for submission. So wow. a lot of it was based on timing where a website might be looking, like Search Engine Journal might open up their uh, call for writers one time a year. And so you need to be prepared to, to act. And then you need to have really good uh, angles and ideas. So for example, I already knew based on success on other websites, uh, a topic like Google Analytics and how Google Analytics is lying to you. I already knew something like that was really interesting to people. Mm. And so I would kind of pitch like my best of ideas 
yeah all these places for free initially and then after you get in then you can kind of either you know try to try to sign up as a client or or it usually translates into some inbound attention you know when you are and this is something we we, we have some experience with <laughs> so yeah. i've been a syndicated <laughs> newspaper columnist now for over 11 years and you know that's all we did for my other company yeah. savings angel is just you know it's it's serving audiences on other stages and yep. so obviously writing a newspaper column every single week for the past 11 years i've produced a lot of content uh, my team yep. and i uh and uh then of course tv and radio and and that sort of thing but you know if you have a uh, you know a, a service minded you know uh mission that that you're going to just provide the highest value content possible people will discover you there and they'll follow you. Do you have any evidence that, you know, because let's say you had a, an article that went pretty, that got pretty popular on search engine journal, that it translated to people reaching out to you directly to work with? Oh yeah. Tons, tons, especially I think a key concept there is specializing in one space because that mm. generates referrals a lot easier and that kind of inbound attention. Yeah. And so I, I had that a ton with uh, Ad Espresso, for example, it's a, it's a, a Facebook advertising platform mm -hmm. software. And the editor of WordStream saw my writing there and asked. Uh, and that kind of happened like at, with a bunch of different places where a site that was similar to, or maybe even like an, uh, an indirect competitor of the site I was working with at the time, uh, reached out for, for services. Another example is I was, I was writing for Unbounds and they weren't paying writers at the time, but what they would do is they would bring you for free up to their conference. And so you get free conference ticket uh -huh. out of it. You'd be able to go and meet people there, which yeah. would, again, would, would usually translate into some kind of work with, with people, you know, att other attendees and other stuff. And, and most of these, these opportunities are, are unpaid. Is that right? A lot of them were initially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, like, you know, at the beginning you have a lot of time. Right. <laughs> and so, and so you just have to kind of hustle a little bit and then eventually you can trans a lot of those like kiss metrics. I started writing for free. Uh, but then after a few months, it quickly translated into more of like a paid engagement and then scale. Oh. So uh, we were able to like translate a lot of those you know, in time. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, good. So, um, and, um, you know, does that, do you think the opportunity is any more, is it more difficult today or are there more platforms? And so therefore, look, you don't, you don't have to, you know, I know y'all, I know you want to write for Moz, but they're a little competitive. So why don't you aim for, they're like a level. Why don't you aim for like a, you know, like a C plus uh, level uh, blogger website Would would that sure. be a strategy you'd advise? Yeah, exactly. It's it, on the one hand, it is more competitive. So Moz, I don't think anymore, like as openly accepts new content from yeah. random people. You kind of have to know their editor and you have to know how to like get in and pitch them stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so in one respect, it's gotten more competitive in the other respect. There are way more platforms available. There is, there's are so many more websites that are doing this. Um, the space and what I've learned is that the, the amount of money in this space has also grown a lot. So content teams are bigger, content teams pay writers more, they're looking for more writers uh, to produce like higher quantities of, of, of content. So even in the last few years, the opportunity is a lot greater, even though in certain cases, it's, it's a little more difficult to get in at certain, you know, big like yeah. premium sites. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, is this part of then what, what you offer through Codeless is that uh, we're producing the content and maybe also identify partners like these ones that, that you can set them up as a contributor? Is that part of it? Uh, potentially. So uh, yeah. our sister company, Usurp, is more focused on PR and link building. And so oh, we, do a little, we do a little more of that through there because we do have really good relationships with different uh, big websites and business technology. 
Um, Codeless primarily just does content production. And right. most of the time, like 90% of the time, it's for a client's own site. So we, so the short answer is uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and you're a co-founder of Usurp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My co-founder in that is Jeremy. He used to work with Codeless. Uh, and then we, this, as you can tell, like there's just so much demand and, and opportunity in the space right now that, uh, mm -hmm. that we had a lot of people asking that same exact question that you yeah. asked. So we, we kind of had to spin it out and figure out a way to, 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 to supply all those people. Yeah. So uh, Usurp, by the way, is at userp.io if you're interested. So for the person who's listening to us, um, you know, kind of learn more about a service that might be able to get them that sort of outcome. Um, and and so, you know, a couple of things, obviously, you've learned pretty well is how to hire and manage writers. Where does one hire, a, you know, uh, especially... Let's say that you're not really ready for the, you know, $40 an hour kind of writer. Like you, yep. you, you just want someone that's going to, where would you go if you wanted uh, a, a more of a junior level writer? Where would you hire them and how would you hire them? Yeah, definitely. So it depends a little bit on the type of writer you want. And the reason I say that is because uh, for us, we hire everyone and we try and test everyone as contractors first before mm -hmm. hiring them part-time, full-time. Um, that's going to be different than someone who's trying to hire an in-house role who might be looking for a writer on a site like Indeed or one of those. So mm -hmm. the, the different job boards, for example, like I would recommend if you're looking for more of a contractor type angle, then something like ProBlogger would be like a much better fit. Mm. Um, it's also pretty good in that it gives you like a pretty wide variety of, of good quality and the cost isn't that high either. Okay. Some other platforms the or job posting type places, the cost could be a lot higher. But again, to, I would, what I would reiterate is that if you're looking for more of a contractor, you want to look for more freelance based job board oh, postings yeah. as, as opposed to the ones like Indeed and other stuff. Because what you find is that writers are uh, a different breed in a way. And, yeah. and the, the type of writer you need to like pump out content is going to be a lot different than the type of writer you need who's going to specialize in understanding your brand voice and all the intangible stuff that, that goes along with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and pro, would you, do you prefer for, uh, for freelance writers, pro blogger over like an Upwork? Yeah, I would. Um, for a few reasons, I, we try to hire and train and retain essentially mm -hmm. and up, right. Upwork is so transactional that it makes it difficult to do that. Mm. Uh, whereas with pro blogger, for example, or even like if I can just control the relationship a little more. So if I can, if I can work directly with the writer, then we can we might start them at one piece a week, but then we might try to scale them up to you know five, six, seven, eight plus a week. Yeah. So it's it makes it easier to evolve the relationship uh, as you go than a platform like Upwork, which tends to be a little more transactional, kind of project focused. Mm. Interesting. That's great. Yeah. And ProBlogger is at ProBlogger.com. And, 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 and for uh, maybe more senior level writers, um, where would you go? That's a good question. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a mix. The million a million dollar of, question. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a mix of two things. Uh, a lot of volume. So the whole idea of, of like finding the, of looking at 10 different writers and hiring one, unfortunately mm -hmm. is not accurate. You have to look at hundreds to find one. Um, so that's the first kind of trick is you have to create a hiring system yeah. or at least have some type of process where you can vet a ton of different people. Yeah. Um, you can do it though. So that's the good news. It just takes numbers. Sure. Uh, the second, the second thing is you try to kind of like cherry pick. So what you can do is you look at other sites in your space, other, other websites of where, whose content you might admire. And then you kind of headhunt the different authors that you see listed on there. So 
it's just simply Googling those people. Sometimes in their bylines, they might have websites. Sometimes they might have LinkedIn profiles. You could just search on LinkedIn for the same, you know, people's names more or less and come up with, with those people. But essentially trying to kind of like scrape or take a list of authors from the sites that you admire in your space and then trying to reach out to see if those people freelance or contract right on the, you know, either on the side or full time. Yeah. And realistically, um, if you're, uh, let's say, a U.S.-based or English-speaking um, looking for content, you know, as much as you'd love to save money, which, you know, I've, I've heard this a few times, it's, it's going to be really challenging to find somebody, say, for, from the Philippines, that's it's honestly going to give you quality content. It's, it's I mean, that's sure. been my experience. And I've kind of, I was talking with Chris Tucker about this and he's like, yeah, I wouldn't hire, I wouldn't go, I would not, he's it's like, I would not go to us to hire writers. It's just, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. You, <laughs> definitely. You have this weird problem now where, 20 years ago, everyone was saying, oh, you should just create content because the world needs content. Yeah. And we're at this weird point now where people don't need more content. There's way too much. And so you have uh, the competitions becoming a lot savvier and smarter so that the people you're trying to publish content against are probably doing it as good or better than you might already be doing it. Uh, so the barrier to entry is higher. Um, the way most content is found is still through search engines like Google. Yeah. That's getting a lot tougher though. And then Google is also reducing the yeah. avail or the options for people to rank organically. And the yeah. same goes with, with Facebook, Instagram, you can't share content for free anymore. You have to pay for it. So the stakes are all rising and you're getting to a point where I'm telling people, unless you're really investing a lot into content and you really think you can break into like the top, you know, three, for example, you, you might be better off investing that money somewhere else. Cause it's, it doesn't make sense anymore to invest a little bit. Yeah. You kind of have to like really treat it seriously. Otherwise it's not going to pay off like it did. So what do you do instead? I mean, you could try a bunch of other things. You could do uh, fewer pieces. Mm. So like put all your budget into one big piece and then promote that, you know, the wow. hell of that, basically um, that could be a better option. Uh, combine tactics too. So do a lot more retargeting. You, If you have one really good piece, like one really good case study, for example, you should be able to run not only like top of the funnel ads to get new people to find it, mm -hmm. uh, but also retargeting ads to get people back and then, and then use other different types of media. So if you're going to produce one case study, uh, you can add video to it. You can add audio to it. You can add custom images to it. And then all these things are going to help you with that promotion too. So you can use video and audio in your Facebook ads and you're going to bring the cost, the cost down a lot more than you might just by sharing a link and, and trying to promote that. So there's usually a few different ways you can kind of go about it, but that's one of the, the big ones that I typically recommend. So you've got a podcast um, from through Codeless and it's called Copy Weekly. And uh, so right now you could just, anyone who's listening to this podcast, you just go to search for Copy Weekly. You can subscribe. And what will people hear? The idea is to go really deep on these nerdy content marketing, mm -hmm. SEO writing topics. So yeah. I felt like a lot of the people or, or a lot of the podcasts I saw out there around these topics only touch surface level stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're by people who are talking about what they think works. And yeah. so the goal with this is I'm interviewing clients. I'm interviewing people who work at huge companies, like I've mentioned, and just asking them, like, what are they doing? Where are they putting money? What's worked for them? What hasn't worked for them? Just really trying to understand better, like what they're thinking. Because typically it's those types of people who are setting the the trajectory that we're all trying to kind of like follow behind. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Well, and con- again, congratulations, Brad, on your success. Thank um, you. you have a few clients that uh, folks might recognize the names. Do you mind sharing uh, some of your clients that you've had the opportunity to work with? Yeah, definitely. So our main clients are in uh, marketing and technology and, and SaaS stuff. So mm-hmm. Ad Espresso, WordStream. We worked with Kissmetrics and Crazy Egg. Um, we've worked with Freshdesk, so like help desk type software, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. In, we've worked in cybersecurity. Uh, we've also worked in finance. So a couple big sites in those. And then a lot of big uh, affiliate sites who you might not know by brand name, but if you typically search for anything around those categories or those pieces of software or whatever, then usually some of our stuff is showing up. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Brad Smith, you are the founder of Get Codeless uh, and or Codeless, and it's on the web at getcodeless.com. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.